everyone, and thank you for joining today's conference call. I'm Elizabeth Kerr from Business Forward, and I'll be moderating our discussion today. Currently, all lines are in listen-only mode. We're pleased to welcome Denise Turner-Roth, the Administrator of the U.S. General Services Administration today. GSA oversees about $66 billion in procurement annually for the federal government, and 80% of all GSA contractors are small businesses. And today we're going to discuss how GSA works with small businesses and startups, how you can start the contracting process, and how the procurement process can be improved. After brief remarks from Administrator Roth, we'll have a Q&A portion where you can ask questions and provide any comments that you wish. There are two ways to ask questions. You can either press 1 on your telephone keypad at any point, or you can email questions to us at info at businessfwd.org, and I'll read those aloud for you. Uh, for those of you who are new to our programming, Business Forward organizes local roundtables, Washington fly-ins, conference calls like this one, webinars, and media trainings for tens of thousands of business leaders from across America. And at these briefings, entrepreneurs, investors, uh, senior executives at mid-sized companies, small business owners all get the chance to brief policymakers on issues that affect their businesses and how Washington can work better with businesses to accelerate the economy. And to date, more than 550 senior administration officials, members of Congress, governors, and mayors have participated in our programming. And this is all thanks to the support of more than 60 of America's largest and most respected companies. So again, before I get started with the call, I'm going to review a few housekeeping items. As I mentioned before, uh, to ask a question, you can either press 1 on your telephone keypad and we'll call on you to ask your question live, or you can email your questions to us at info at businessfwd.org. When you ask a question live, please be sure to introduce yourself with your name and your business and where you're calling from. Uh, second, this call is on the record. Uh, there could be reporters on. This was a very widely distributed invitation, uh, but I also, that also means that we can provide a recording of the call afterwards so that you can review any of the discussion that you like at your leisure or share this call with anyone of your, any of your colleagues who are unable to participate. That will be included in a follow-up email that you'll receive from us, which will also have a survey in it. So uh, with that, let's get started. Please welcome Administrator Denise Turner-Ross. Thank you. Thank you uh, to Ami. Uh, thank you, Elizabeth, um, and all of the leadership team at Business Board for inviting us to be a part of the call today. Business Board has played a critical role in educating in our industry partners on the latest efforts in the federal space, and we're pleased to be able to participate in these forums. When people think of General Services Administration, what often comes to mind is usually our role as a federal government's landlord, and that is true. We own or manage most federal buildings you see around the country, 375 million square feet of space, which is one of the largest real estate portfolios in the world. We also manage about $50 billion of annual acquisitions. Everything from paper towels and pencils to massive technology solutions that can revolutionize how agencies operate and serve the public. But for many people, GSA isn't necessarily synonymous with cutting-edge technology nor might you necessarily think of us as a proactive advocate for economic development in your community. The reality is, though, that GSA plays a leading role in both of these spheres. When I became administrator, I committed to focus my tenure on innovation and being an economic catalyst. GSA's core mission is to deliver the best value in real estate acquisition and technology services to government and the American people. 
Implicit in such service and key to my vision for our agency's future is the responsibility to leverage GSA's massive physical footprint and acquisition prowess as much as possible to enhance our role as a catalyst for economic development in communities wherever the federal government is present. We work in close consultation with local governments and area stakeholders to ensure that our federal real estate footprint is leveraged for maximum community benefit. And when it comes to acquisitions, this means a relentless focus on support for small businesses. From my time as a city manager of Greensboro, North Carolina, I know firsthand the importance that small businesses play in the economic fabric of our communities. They are the engines of local economic prosperity, empowering communities to more easily identify opportunities to do business with government is central to GSA's mission. At GSA, we awarded more than $1.6 billion to small businesses last year, and we received an A-plus rating from the Small Business Administration for the past two years. We also support small businesses with access to opportunities with other agencies. As such, 80% of all vendors on our schedules are small businesses, and more than 34% of all dollars awarded goes to small businesses. We are creating more and more useful small business set-aside contracts, like our OASIS small business set-aside, which is made up entirely of small businesses and provides complex contract solutions to agencies. In pursuing creative procurement approaches like reverse auction, we have seen 92% of awards go to small businesses, totaling nearly $100 million. But our experience and feedback from many of our small business partners tells us that we must do more. We have launched an ambitious, wide-ranging initiative to make it easier to work with the government, we call it. The goals of this effort are to ensure that the private sector may do business with the government with as little burden as possible, provide small businesses with the tools and support they need to be successful when interacting with federal agencies, and offer well-designed technology interfaces that allow vendors to easily register, update information, and interact with the government. This effort is a series of programs within GSA. To simplify the process of finding opportunities as a business, we created first the Forecast of Contracting Opportunities tool. This is an online resource that lists contracting opportunities across the country that small businesses can take advantage of and search by industry. We recently added a forecasting map so businesses can even more easily see what opportunities may be available near them. To replace the inconsistent and sometimes outdated information given to vendors, we created a standardized welcome package to provide useful, relevant, and current information to new vendors. Thirdly, to better explain the offer process for new vendors interested in Schedule 70, we created a plain language roadmap that outlines the process in clear and simple terms and also to reduce the time it takes to get on schedule or make updates to a vendor's offering, we launched a fast lane program, which has cut red tape to help innovate IT vendors get onto our Schedule 70 faster than ever before. What used to take 110 days now only takes 45 days, and I just want to repeat that, from 110 days to 45 days, and vendors can make changes to current contracts as little as one to two business days. And finally, to avoid requirements that may unnecessarily lock out highly qualified companies, especially young companies, we launched the Startup Springboard. This provides an alternative to the typical two-year professional experience requirement 
to get on Schedule 70 while maintaining the high quality of our vendors. Taken together, these initiatives will make it easier for more companies to do work with the federal government. We are also developing additional similar initiatives that will launch over the next year. We as an agency see this as an imperative, especially when it comes to our technology offerings under Schedule 70. Recently, GSA has been at the forefront of exploring how we effectively transform the government's digital services. Among the efforts we are taking on, we have created a new highly adaptive cybersecurity offering designation for technology firms providing cybersecurity for federal agencies. We have also established a technology transformation service that will be working in partnership with the Federal Acquisition Service to continue to foster these emerging efforts. GSA continues to explore other initiatives to make it easier to do business with the federal government. We have demonstrated that we are committed to supporting small businesses, and we view supporting small businesses as a means to affect real positive change in our country to foster economic development and prosperity in communities where we operate. I encourage all of you to consider going to gsa.gov small business slash small business to see if doing work with GSA or the government might be right for your business and exploring some of the resources we have there. And I will say that if you have, uh, haven't been there recently, please take a look because much has changed. Our Office of Small Business Utilization provides great consultation services to interested small businesses and is available as a resource for any questions you may have. In fact, I have brought uh, with me our head of our Office of Small Business Utilization, Jerome Fletcher, to help with answering questions today as well. I find this incredibly exciting and fulfilling, and I look forward to discussing how we may partner with you to strengthen the impact of our efforts in service to the country. Thank you again for joining today, and thank you to Business Forward for hosting. Great. Well, thanks for those that overview. And uh, we're going to turn it over to the Q&A portion now. I'm going to remind everyone how to ask questions. So there's a couple different things you can do. If you prefer to, you can email your questions to us at info at businessfwd.org, and I'll read those questions aloud. Alternatively, uh, we'd love to have you ask your question live. And to do that, you just press 1 on your telephone keypad, and then we can call on you and we'll unmute your line so that you're able to ask that question. Uh, we're going to start with a couple emailed questions while uh, folks are still hitting 1 on their keypads. Uh, this is from Cora Hicks in Columbia, Maryland. Uh, she says, we'd like to contract with GSA but one of the biggest concerns we have is how long it can take to get payments. And as a small business, we're often month to month with our expenses and don't have much capital. How long does it take to process invoices and get payments for our services? Well, thank you for that question, Cora. And uh, obviously, we have a very strong commitment to ensuring that our small businesses, the business in general, are paid as quickly as possible. We, in fact, have an obligation uh, that is a requirement of us to improve how quickly um, or the time frame in which we are paying uh, companies. Um, if there are particular areas where you've had trouble, that would be concerning for me, but also would be helpful for us to understand so that we can see if there is a place in the process that is, um, that is not working as it should. Uh, but we do have uh, a standards that we have in place for our uh, CFO's office in terms of turning around, um, generally it's less than 30 days. Um, but but uh, obviously from your question, you, your company may have experienced 
some trouble, and so I would definitely want us to follow up on that as well. Uh, great, thanks. And if you do have further questions, just pop us a note and we will get you in touch with the appropriate staff at GSA. Our first live question comes from Thomas Varengia. Thomas, I hope I said your name correctly. Please go ahead and introduce yourself. Let us know where you're calling from and ask your question. Yes, good morning. My name is Tom Varengia. I'm the CEO of Pinnacle Sports Equipment. And my question is, does your office or does your program uh, differentiate by category. I sell sporting goods, baseball bats in particular. So is there something where my company would fit into this type of a program? Yeah, I would say that with um, all of our industries, we're regularly trying to ensure that we are capturing or have ways for our industry to be able to capture what they're actually offering and allow for that differentiation. So there are places where you will see specialized uh, focus, whether it's sporting equipment or pins, um, that try to define what the product is. Um, but I would say that that is an area that continues to develop. Um, we're actually adding some tools. Um, one of them that you may have heard of recently is the formatted product tool. And this is a tool to try to uh, help uh, for uh, uh, vendors themselves to actually define, give description, part numbers for different uh, products they're providing. Uh, and this is our effort to try to streamline. If we say that this is a, a big pen one, two, three, that it in fact is the same and is identified the same throughout the process. And we want to try to find a way to automate that. This system, the formatted product tool, is our first step in that respect. Um, but as we learn more about the products, then we can define them better. Perfect. Thank you. Our next question is an emailed question from Teddy Johnson, who is with Boundary Stone Partners in Los Angeles. And his question is, are there any specific efforts to encourage acquisitions of clean and green technologies, for example, electric vehicles for government fleets? Um, there are actually, and uh, there is a effort that we have um, we have underway currently, um, I, and I will hear more about it uh, by the end of this month in terms of the response from the staff. But we are looking at how do we encourage our federal partners to be willing to adapt um, electric vehicles uh, as a part of their fleet. Um, so something that we uh, are looking at in particular is how do we reduce the upfront cost? O oftentimes, the cost challenge there is either the infrastructure, uh, either access to the infrastructure for actually charging the vehicles or how much infrastructure is necessary, especially if you think of some of our partners um, that are in more rural or open spaces um, and how far they have to travel to get from one um, uh, energy charging station to another. So we're looking at uh, is there upfront cost that we can offset at GSA and we think we found some solutions for that, um, as well as there are there others in the private sector or uh, local communities that we can partner with in utilizing stations. Um, but yes, this is an area that we're very focused on. Um, and and the, as I said, there's some evaluation being done now. I expect to have that feedback from staff uh, this month, and we would be launching, um, talking more about it over uh, at the first quarter of next fiscal year. Great, thank you. Our next question is a live question, and it comes from. Felicia Wyatt-Jones. Felicia, your line should be open. Go ahead and introduce yourself and ask your question. Hi, my name is Felicia Wyatt-Jones. I'm located in Upper Marlboro, Maryland. And um, I wanted to ask about more details on the forecasting map. That's one item. Uh, I know that was brought up in the 
in the conversation. So I just wanted more details about that. And the other thing, my second question is, uh, generally for GSA, you are limited to your specific geographical area. Are there any changes in the pipeline for that? Because some opportunities have come up, but yet because I may not have done business in Iowa, but the contracting officer had contacted me, um, you know, it, you get sort of limited. So I'm just wondering. I'm on Schedule 621, by the way, which is Allied Healthcare and Staffing. Okay, thank you for that question, Felicia. Um, in terms of the forecasting tool, um, that is something that if you go to uh, the small business website, our GSA is slash small business, you'll be able to see that tool and click around. And really our goal is um, uh, to uh, be able to, um, uh, uh, well, ultimately what we've realized is that all of our federal agencies are required to report out to uh, the, in a public setting uh, where they're planning to put forward contracts over the year. And it's a, on a projection model. And what we found is many were posting it in different ways, usually a PDF or an Excel spreadsheet or something of that nature. So we wanted to build something that was modern that uh, each of the agencies could go into, put in their projected contracts for the year, and it posts automatically. Um, so we've been working with agencies to do that. And we've also recently added a map feature that can show you quickly where those contract opportunities are. Um, so we will uh, have more for that. And, and um, Jerome, did you have anything to share on that? Yes. Let me just say also, uh, one thing, Felicia, that you want to take advantage of that tool is the ability of it to be in a quote-unquote live status. And what we're doing now at GSA, and that includes training not only our acquisition workforce, but the other workforce uh, individuals of the agencies included in our tool is the ability to put in information as soon as possible. No longer will you have to wait for quarterly updates or updates that are very infrequent. We're trying to set a standard here so that other agencies can follow with the information being clear, consistent, and updated quite frequently. And to answer the second part of your question, Felicia, there should not be a geographical limit to where you're able to pursue contracts. I know of contractors within our system that are providing services throughout uh, GSA as well as throughout federal agencies across the country. So that is a question we would like to be able to follow up with you on in particular. So if you'll connect with us through that bit. Um, Okay. <laughs> Sorry, um, uh, to Business Board, that, that would uh, be beneficial. I was going to refer to yet another one of our tools. <laughs> Certainly, we'll be sure to introduce you. Our next question is another live question. This comes from Peter May. Peter, your line should be open. Yes, uh, thank you for taking my call. This is the Peter May. I'm small business and MBE located in Dallas, Texas. I'm a supplier for thermal plastic for the rope striping, basically where the uh, Federal Highway been using. Uh, but then I have a hard time for the past three years to try to get some uh, uh, contract with the book stock. Uh, uh, by the way, my product is also textile certified, and but I have a really need some help to just try to see how I can uh, uh, sign up as GSA or something. Uh, to be certified or in order to try to, to, uh, try to earn some business through this uh, uh, federal federal project. As I know, there's a lot of highway using this uh, product, but then I'm a small business and uh, I really have a hard time to try to get things uh, moving. Yeah, so I would like to get some advice uh, from what 
what's a positive should should uh, start with people hey, GSA might be the local service. Good afternoon, Mr. May. Um, thank you for um, that question and comment. I, I would say that we have a local Osu representation there. I think you said you were in Dallas, and we have some people who would be very eager to talk to you. One thing that we want to make sure people understand is that everything is not in a global or broad um, aspect. You do need some individual attention for your specific situation, your specific needs, and the staff that we have in GSA and Osu across the country are there to help you understand your situation. So if we could get a um, connection with you through Business Forward, we'd be more than happy to set up a meeting between you and our small business specialists to make sure that we point you in the right direction and let, sh let you know and understand what it takes for you to get on schedule and do business with GSA and the federal government. And let me give you that number right now, Mr. May, um, so you can go ahead and contact us at your convenience. It's 1-855-672-8800. Uh, Once again, that's 1-855-672-8472. Um, that is our um, GSA Osboo phone number, and we will make sure that we get you the information that you seek. Great. Thank you. And we'll be sure to include that phone number in our follow-up email. Our next question comes from uh, Debbie Cobrin with Women Impacting Public Policy. She says, we really appreciate GSA's efforts to streamline the acquisition process and the improvements to Schedule 70 onboarding, but we're concerned about GSA's transactional data rule. Uh, there's a lot to be gained by both vendor vendors and federal customers, but the cost of aggregating the pricing data seems to be passed along to the small businesses. Are there any plans to change how the transactional data rule works for small businesses? Thanks for that question. And one of the things I uh, like to emphasize with the transactional data rule or TDR is that it is a piloted effort, and it's that on purposely so. Over the next year, we are working to understand exactly how does it ha impact our private sector partners. What we believe is that. Um, we have set up a situation in which uh, we've been able to offset some of the reporting requirements that are currently burdening or that were burdening uh, some of our vendors and offset that with uh, just a true added value um, so that, uh, yes, there is data that you're having to input that uh, may not have been asked for before, uh, but it will uh, be offset by some of the other aspects that we have of uh, other aspects of report reporting that we no longer require. Um, and so that's, that's the offset of the reducing burden that we are looking to achieve there. Um, and, and, and obviously there was a lot of discussion and a lot of feedback that we received as we went through this process. So we're going to do this piloted experience over the, over the next year um, on just uh, some of the key contracting spaces. Um, and that's going to give us a better sense of how uh, it actually is impacting the vendors, small business and otherwise. Um, how we're utilizing that data as a federal government, especially in our contracting activity, and then we will um, adjust from there. And it is something that is um, uh, optional for uh, vendors who are currently on schedule uh, on, the, on the particular contract um, and required for those who may be new to the contract. So there are some aspects there that uh, we will learn from. Um, we, we are being um, 
uh, we're tentative in our exploration, purposely so, but uh, I can't underscore enough how essential we believe this is for the federal government. Um, right now, the uh, idea that we can't tell how much we are spending across the board on any given item um, doesn't allow for us to truly give a comparison and understanding of what is the impact of the choices of spending that we're making, um, as well as whether we're getting the quality out of the uh, products that we are trying to pursue. So there is a balance there that we're trying to, trying to uh, provide for, uh, but are learning through this process as well. Thank you. We have another live question, and this question is from Frank Borgen. Uh, Frank, your line should be open. Go ahead, tell us about your business and ask your question. Well, good morning. My name is Frank Borgen. I'm with First Infotech. We're a uh, cybersecurity policy development legislative uh, engineering consulting group. And uh, first, I want to compliment uh, the new GSA and thank you for uh, making it easier to uh, exercise market research tools and getting to acquisition. And I will briefly say that we're absolutely delighted to respond to RFIs. We do a great many of those. And I would like to suggest that in the spirit of cooperation between industry and government, we uh, like to expect some sort of response as to what action is taken as a result of these RFIs. Let me clarify. Too often, I have observed RFIs coming under eBuy, for example, and the client agency putting out that scope of work under some unsuspected, uh, out of reach, or not advertised uh, acquisition vehicle. I know their intention is not malicious or devious, to say the least, but it makes it extraordinarily uh, difficult and practically impossible to follow up on an investment of time, effort, and sharing intellectual uh, property with the government with no hope of ever harvesting any business from it. Well, Frank, thank you uh, first for your support um, as well as your feedback. I think that what you've seen uh, from GSA, especially over the past uh, year or two years, uh, is our effort to try to be more uh, communicative of regarding what we're doing and why. Um, and, we're, and as such, we're holding more industry days and uh, posting more on Interact as well as uh, blog and other uh, settings to try to communicate what we're trying to accomplish and receive feedback on, on those efforts. Um, with that being said, I think your observation is very fair. And uh, from this conversation, I'll definitely talk with our team about how do we close the loop to ensure that our vendor partners recognize that there is some um, uh, uh, there is a, a reason to the efforts that we take, and while we may not pursue those efforts, your understanding um, of where we're trying to go, uh, it, it could certainly be beneficial. So I appreciate that feedback, and I appreciate you, uh, the work that you're going to do with GSA. Great. We have an emailed question from Linda Campos. Uh, 
she owns or she's part of Campos Construction, which is a woman-owned 30-year-old company. And she says they're an IDOT pre-qualifying contractor. And she says we have an interest in federal work, but have been unable to break through and get a contract. Do you have information or assistance available for someone like us? Again, this is a woman-owned 30-year-old uh, company based in Illinois, and it's a construction company. Hey, uh, good afternoon, and thank you for your uh, question, Ms. Campbell. Um, as with our earlier call, and what I want to stress is, you know, we need to talk to you directly. We need people in your area. We have OSBU representation from GSA nationwide, so it is not hard for us to talk to you and analyze your situation on a case-by-case -case basis. Uh, the goal for you uh, being on schedule is to do business while on schedule, and we want to make sure that we are assisting you in that process. You are a women-owned small business in construction, which in uh, my opinion, depending on what you actually provide, will lend you to be able to participate in one way or the other. We are not an agency that stops if a small business cannot be a prime company, but we want to make sure we explore all sorts of methods of subcontracting, team arrangements, and anything that can help your company be more successful. Uh, I would encourage you and implore you to please reach out to us at your convenience so that we can make sure that we have one of our specialists talk to you ASAP. If I could underscore um, one of the points that uh, Mr. Fletcher is making um, in terms of we want uh, those that get on our schedule to be successful at doing business with the government, uh, so much so that we've actually started an undertaking, uh, an undertaking recently to look at uh, contractors that are getting on schedule and may not be actually obtaining business uh, in those first two years um, or with or the $25,000 threshold um, in, in trying to figure out the answers to why. And so we're doing data analysis to try to do a comparison of is that regionally based, is it industry based, is it contract type, um, but that's just to emphasize that we really uh, we think that the vehicle of the schedule is essential and a good product, but we want to make sure that it's working uh, in the way that we intend. And what we do intend is to be a source for federal agencies to be able to do business with the federal government. And so we're trying to understand if people aren't getting business, why aren't they getting business? And is there a way that we can help drive or direct their efforts? Thanks. Our next question uh, comes from Pat Wright in Hartford, Connecticut. And they're asking, how are budget caps and sequestration affecting businesses that contract with or are looking to contract with the federal government? My experience there, um, in, in my understanding from some of our other federal agency partners as well, uh, is the limitation that uh, can be created through sequestration depending on the timing and the situation of an agency's budget. Uh, when sequestration occurs, uh, the agency is limited uh, to spending at the levels that they are approved of at that moment in, in time. Um, and so if there was a contract that was on the verge of being executed, uh, that can be impacted. Or if there is a contract that is in the middle of execution, uh, depending on how it's structured, that could potentially be impacted as well. Generally, the sequestration has allowed in the past, and it can always change, but it's allowed for uh, work that's underway to continue. Uh, but work that is um, can be deemed new, sort of sometimes a phase two, if you think of design in one phase of construction and then actual construction, uh, that those things have to be paused. Um, so it's a, it, it can have an impact. It is something uh, worth watching and understanding what rules 
may even be in place if there is a sequestration, um, uh, but it, it is something that impacts all of us, certainly. Our next question is a live question, and uh, we're going to call on Kathleen Sherrill. Kathleen, your line should be open. Go ahead and ask your question. Hello. Um, my name is Kathleen Sherrill. I am uh, president of SP Architects. I know that, um, oh, and also we are a um, uh, self-certified um, EDWOSB. Um, and so we have, um, through that vehicle, gotten um, one small um, project. And I know that GSA does not have um, uh, schedules for architects. And, uh, and so my question is, other than uh, the one or two advertisers I've seen for small business, is there another way that you um, contract small business architects? Um, and if so, am I just not finding or looking in the right place? That's, that's number one. Uh, and number two, small business for architects uh, has a um, top end, if you will, of about $7 million. Um, and for architects, that's pretty high. So that's a fairly large firm. Most architecture firms uh, in this country are between, um, or less than, I should say, 10 employees and probably would have a billing of about $1 million. So the question then is, do you also look for firms in that range, or are you only looking at the high end? Kathleen, thank you for your question. Um, this is a, an interesting space. So the, the, the situation in which you see GSA, uh, and I imagine it works the same for other uh, agencies that undertake construction contracts, is that we contract for construction contractors as a part of our, I'm sorry, contract for architects, um, architectural services under our construction contracts. Um, so as a part of a, depending on how the contract is structured, obviously it could be a sub or, or otherwise, but that's the place where you see our, our architectural activity. Now with that being said, um, as much as from our acquisition, and we've talked about our schedules a lot today in acquisitions, um, our contracting office, our buildings office, the public building services, uh, also participates and is an active participation, particip participant pardon me, uh, in our efforts to achieve our small business goals. And so they are, too, looking for small businesses um, as well as uh, businesses that uh, match up with some of the subcategories, women-owned, minority-owned, veterans, uh, um, uh, uh, I'm sorry, hubzones, thank you, yeah. yeah. Uh, but we are looking in all of those areas with our building activity as well. So there's definitely a space here, um, but we need to make sure that you can see the avenue. And, and to your point, um, uh, architectural firms can be of different sizes um, in our ability to uh, understand uh, where those differences lie, support our small businesses as well as our prime businesses as well as essential for us. Uh, thank you for that. We have another live question. This one is from Bonita Webster. Bonita, your line is open. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to ask questions and we appreciate uh, this subject. Um, my question is, what can small disadvantaged businesses do to become included in the medical supplies and devices arena for non-compete contracts? 
And is there a fee for your service? Okay, that was a little hard to hear. I'm just going to repeat the question to make sure that we got it correct. You're asking, what can small business owners do to be included in the medical supplies arena for non-compete contracts? And asking if there's a fee associated with that. Correct? Correct. Okay, great. Oh, thank you for that question, Benita. I, I think that this is going to be one that we'll need to follow up with uh, with Business Board. That is a specialized contracting area, um, and there are some contracts that are non-compete because of the type of equipment that is provided for. Um, but if we could, uh, Liz, get your support in following up with uh, with Benita on that question, we would like to do so. Uh, we'll do that, Bonita. Please watch for an email from us. Our next question is from Joe Reddix. Joe, your line's I'm open. I'm Mary. I live in California. I'm looking to relocate to XYZ Place. You know, um, I'm currently got 10 years experience. You know, there should be Joe, I'm not sure where they can post their information and say, look, this is what I'm looking to do, and there should be a forum where people can see that. And then company says, okay, look, I want to talk to Mary, and then we'll kind of speak. Okay, I think we had a problem with that call. It sounded like uh, it sounded like uh, he might have been on the other line there. Our, we have a question from Kieran uh, Sugar. Uh, Kieran, your line should be open. Yes, ma'am. I'm calling from Louisville, Kentucky. I'm a small business minority contractor. I apply for GS. I had a GSA contract for about three years. Then I lost it because of the 25,000 minimum requirement. But I have to apply again, and that people are talking to me about $10,000 fee to get another GSA number. And we are a small minority company. We can't afford to pay that kind of fee. And what I'm trying to do is what I have to do to get GSA number, and then we are a small company. We do electronic design manufacturing. Also, we prevent the bird strike. Bird strike to the plane is a dangerous thing that the plane can be damaged and you have to unload the people or plane can be fired and you have a problem with the plane. So we prevent that and I don't know where to go next because we talk to so many people and they want so much money in the front. Mr. Reddick. No, that wasn't the thing. I'm sorry. I apologize for not getting your last name correct, but thank you for that um, conversation. That conversation that you just mentioned is one that GSA uh, goes through on a very frequent basis. The amount that someone is trying to get you to charge to get on our schedule is not a GSA um, fee. You know, you're most likely dealing with a consultant who is trying to, in their opinion, make it easier for you to get on schedule, do business with us and the federal government, that is not a mandatory fee that you must pay. Uh, if the staffing that the GSA supports and funds are there for you to take advantage of to help you get through your individual challenges to make sure that the ultimate goal is achieved. But we do not charge a fee of that nature in order to help you out as a small business owner. Um, as a small business owner, the GSA is very uh, aware and proactive to making sure that the barriers that you receive are removed from your path. So I would like to say to you um, once again, you know, through, um, through our host, please make sure that you reach out to us 
let us take an analysis of your individual situation. Make sure that you are getting the proper information that will guide your business to success. It is the intent, of my, in my opinion, of the consultants to help you out. It is just not a mandatory path that you have to select. Uh, thank you. We have another live question, and this one's from Andre Mayfield. Andre, go ahead and let us uh, introduce yourself and let let us know where you're calling from and what your business is, and ask your question. Good afternoon. Um, my name is Andre Mayfield, and I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. And the name of the firm is Worldscapes LGP, and we are a, a landscape contract management firm. And my question was twofold. One. Is GSA still intending uh, with with its partners to loop a lot of the contractual deals together? Uh, I met with a group from Kansas City. They came through Atlanta a while back, and the the goal of the project was to loop certain contracts that uh, multiple agencies were actually going to be utilizing. And I wanted to know after October the October 1st uh, budget year comes into effect, is it GSA's intention to still roll that program out, or should I still continue to try to get on schedules that deal with landscaping, janitorial services, and those kinds of things, um, or should I just wait for that, um, that master uh, type agreement to come out? Thank you for the question, and, uh, and I'll ask Mr. Fletcher to talk to it more specifically, but I will say just in general, it is our intention to continue to try to um, be efficient as we're going through the contracting, um, going through our contracting process. So there are places in which we do try to bring all of the features together to enhance uh, either our contract activity or the work that we're doing with the other federal agencies. Uh, and thank you. Um, so thank you for your question, and um, to echo what she said, you know, there is a great synergy that happens with GSA and other agencies as we partner together to make business uh, available, not just to you as a small business owner, but to also make sure that the best value is being achieved. From our standpoint, it is our intention to, to um, continue this process and going into the next fiscal year, I know you mentioned the end of our fiscal year as a date. I would just like to say that uh, there is always a concern, I shouldn't say always, but sometimes there's a concern about the federal government and how we transition from one year to the next. This year is no different. I would say until you hear some information directly from this agency or another um, reliable source, just understand that we are going to continue forward with things that have made us successful in the past. Uh, thanks. We have time for one more question, and that's an emailed question, and I think we can close things out with this. Uh, this is from Leanne Moore in Charlottesville, Virginia. She's saying, in the past I've gotten the impression that once a company secures a contract, it's basically theirs for life, but a lot of government systems, especially tech systems, are outdated. Many small tech companies are at the forefront of innovation. And I'm wondering if GSA is using the contracting process to help move the ball forward or if there are special programs available for small tech companies. Thank you for that question. How fitting that the last question is if the, um, I, I put it there myself, but I didn't. Um, but thank you for that question. We've been very focused on the reality that the tech industry is changing and uh, as well as the application of technology uh, and the technology transformation service that I briefly touched on 
um, is, is our manifestation of that. Um, one of the efforts that we did this year, for example, is called the Agile BPA. And this was a partnership between our technology service and our acquisition service to scope an acquisition uh, tool that allows for companies to be able to demonstrate their ability to, uh, in an agile, iterative manner, apply new technologies, uh, technology solutions for agencies. Um, and the way we did that, we actually had the company solve a problem. Um, you know, agency X uh, needed to uh, redesign and improve both its processes as well as ability to take information from uh, public constituents. Demonstrate how you would do that. And the agency and the companies actually came in um, and provided a sample product uh, that would serve as an example of what they could produce. Um, and that was a part of the evaluation process. And that's just a small example to say that we do recognize that the technology industry is changing um, and that we want to have um, emerging technologies and other innovations um, it just, as well as just improved um, or up, upgrading of technology be able to happen for our federal agencies. And we are working at GSA to make sure that we understand those technologies and that we are applying it um, and applying it in different ways to our acquisition, uh, our acquisition platforms. Um, so we, that has been working uh, well. We are learning a lot, and we are very excited about this direction. Um, and you will hear more from us. But feel free, uh, if you go to our website, you'll see some of the recent uh, uh, media on, on that effort. Well, thank you. Uh, thanks to all of you for taking the time out of your busy schedules to join us today, and especially to Administrator Ross and her staff for lending your expertise to this discussion. That's all the time that we have for this afternoon. And there were a number of questions that we didn't get to, especially emailed questions. Um, and if you haven't emailed your question to us yet and we didn't get to it, please send that to us at info at businessfwd.org, and we will work with GSA to get you an answer and connect you to the appropriate resources. Uh, after this call, as I mentioned earlier, we will send an email with a recording and any of the resources and phone numbers that were mentioned on today's call. That email is also going to include a link to a survey, and we always really appreciate your input and feedback on our programming to help us uh, improve the next call. So again, thank you to Administrator Roth and all of you for joining us today. We look forward to working with you again soon. Thank you, Business Board.